Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Social Work Radio with me, your host, Vince Peart. Once again, and always, I am joined by my co-host, Tilly Baden. Tilly, my friend, how the devil are you? How have things been since you were last aboard the good ship SWR? Hello, everyone. Wow, we have a new king, don't we? So we've just had the coronation Um so whether you're in the UK or, well, probably wherever you are in the world, you'll have seen that we have King Charles III now on the throne. Uh, did you watch the, po- did you watch the, um, I was going to say, did you watch the podcast? Then What am I talking about? Did you watch the coronation, Vince? I didn't. I watched a very, very brief moment of it because Saturdays are quite busy for me because uh, I take my son to his football class. And then from there, I uh, do a handover. And uh, my son and daughter go to their swimming class. And yes, I don't even get finished with like dad and dad taxi duties and dad uh, sports club duties until about 12 o'clock on a Saturday. So I came home, watched a little bit there, but I just, um, there wasn't anything going on local to me. Uh, there wasn't, there weren't any like street parties or watching parties. It just, I don't know if it was like in your area, but it, there didn't seem to be too much enthusiasm for it up here in the northeast of England. Oh, there was quite a lot down here in south southwest. So, <laughs> um, I mean, I I watched a little bit of it, but then I left to go and meet with some friends, so I wasn't like glued yeah. to the TV or anything. Oh. So <laughs> I prioritised myself rather than watching it. I find it all. A- I don't know if this is going to make me sound really bad, but I find it all a bit boring. And a it bit is much. boring. It's incredibly it, boring. It goes on too long. I okay. mean, I quite like watching all the people turn up, all the celebrities turn up and watch them all try and be posh and look bored. Um, and I also like watching the horses in the parades. Or yes. There's always one that's naughty and that always makes me laugh. But otherwise, yeah, the whole thing is a bit it's a bit much for me, I have to say. But um, yeah, there's been lots of celebrations on in the area, so road closures and stuff. But the weather's not been very good. Typical British weather. Awful, so. hasn't it? Yeah, not sunny at all. So um, yeah, that's put people off, I think, from having the full street parties that we would have ever had. With things like this, I I think the importance of watching them and taking part of them is that I was their moment. And that's why, I, you know, I kind of regret it that I missed it a little bit because, you know, you'd, you'd want to look back and you'd want to say, well, I was there and you, and you, you saw those, you know, you know, where were you at when you heard that, you know, Princess Diana had died? Where were you at when you, you, you heard the news about the World Trade Centers? There are certain big moments in history that you tie yourself to and you look back and, you know, when, when there'll be many years to come when, you know, there are those TV programs that look back, what was life like in 2023? Uh, there will be, you know, there'll be talk about the coronation and so on, but there just seem to be a lot more pomp and a lot more pageantry regarding Queen Elizabeth II's Jubilee year last year than there has been about this. And I don't know, Tilly, there just seems to be, from the vibe I'm picking up, there just doesn't seem to be this anywhere near the same love for Charles as there was for his mother. No, I think that's fair. Um, and he's probably not going to be around too much longer, so we'll probably have another coronation in the next few mm. years, I would have yeah. thought. So, um, yeah. No. It's just, that I think, you know, when, when, you, when, you've gone, when you've gone from having Queen Elizabeth, who was on the throne since 1952, 
for for 70 years, you know, the entire span of the vast majority of people's lives on this planet. Yeah, it, it's 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 a hard act to follow, my friend. <laughs> it is. That's yeah. very very true. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, no, that was royal uh, royal duties aside. Have you um? How's your how's your week been? Yeah, it's been all right. Just uh, all work and no play at the moment. We would be the the journey. I mean, I did go to the football. I was at the football over the weekend. Newcastle got uh, got beat two 0 by Arsenal. Uh, not not the best of performances from the tune, but not the worst either. If we play like that, we'll be will be good for the rest of the season. Um, still uh, basking in some of my glory from my appearance on Sky News the week prior as well. Still having people stop me in the streets saying, are you that? No, nobody stopped me in the streets. <laughs> but yeah, people are tweeting me. I'm getting some tweets and I'm getting some LinkedIn messages saying, uh, well done. Uh, one person tweeted me and they said, uh, I can't believe that you had this opportunity uh, to talk about social work and you only spoke for 30 seconds. And I didn't reply because, you, know, you know, I don't reply to people that just seek to wind me up. But I thought... You do realise how television works, don't you? You know, you do realise that you speak for a lot longer than that, but they literally take out a tiny clip to answer a question. But, you know, I guess I guess not everyone's as media savvy as me, I suppose, Tilly. Well, I thought that would be pretty obvious that you'd only speak for... It's only a tiny little clip of what you say, so... Never mind. You can't you please everyone, so. can you? Well, you, you no, you can't. <laughs> well, well. The only way to please everybody is to do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing. But we are none of those things, my friend. We do things, we say things, and we are things. Now, should we crack on with this week's show? Which is all about should social workers do fewer hours? Kind of ironic, given that I've just talked about how much I worked this past week. But uh, are you ready to do this anyway, my friend? Yeah, I think this is going to be quite embarrassing, this episode, as we both revealed that we are ah. complete workaholics. So come on then, let's let's make a start. Okay, right. Well, let's 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 start off with this question. Let's um let's get this one out of the way first. Um, Tilly, how many hours a week do you work? Now don't just give me one of your jobs in terms of everything you do in any sort of paid or formal voluntary capacity, including being a magistrate. How many hours a week do you think you work on average? I was trying to work this out and it is hard because it does depend on the week. Some weeks I do less work, some weeks. Give me a busy week. Give me a busy week. Uh, 60, 65 hours, maybe. Wow. And how are those spread? Will you do those over five days, six days or seven days? Seven days. I work pretty much seven days a week. Very rarely will I take a day off. Like actually this weekend just gone with a bank holiday. I took one day off where I thought I'm not going to do anything. But the other two days I worked. So, yeah, I mean, I don't work all day, every day. Um, I do have a bit of a life as well. But I mean, there's very few days that go by where I don't do at least something, whether it's writing a column or just doing a bit of research, catching up on um, like the latest case law or articles or media things that have come out. Um, yeah, I think uh, six, about 65 is a busy week. Average, probably more 50, 55 hours, I think. About. So on average, on an average week, we're looking... 
let's say 57 on an average week you're looking at 20 hours more than what most people would consider a full working week of 37 hours that fair to say yeah yeah that's fair what about you um yeah so i was trying to work so what what i like to do is i like to spread little bits of work over every day rather than cram work into one day so i don't like working late hours i never really work late hours um but what i do like to do is every day i like to do a little bit here and there so obviously you know when we do the podcast when we do writing for social work news when i'm working on articles when i'm working on columns when i'm putting together you know so you know that we I speak to other columnists, you know, we put together their pieces, I edit pieces for other people. So you know, social media posts, there's always kind of something that you can be doing, tinkering on. Uh, so what I tend to like to do is I tend to like to work. I usually do one long day a week. I usually do one long day a week, sort of seven till seven. And the rest of the days I'll do sort of more nine to five. But if I, I do a lot of driving. So, for example, uh, you know, last Sunday just gone. I was up at 6 a.m. to drive and, you know, I got back about two. So I'd done eight hours, but, you know, I was six of those hours I was driving and two of those hours was, you know, well, I did about nine hours, three of those hours was like an assessment session. So if you if you added in everything I do in terms of independent social work, frontline social work, in terms of podcasts, social work news and so on, yeah, I probably work around 60, 65 hours a week. But um, this is going to sound weird. I am a lot less stressed spreading work over 60 or 65 hours a week than I was when I was just working one job, getting paid 37 hours and feeling like I had to cram everything in to four or five days a week. Does that sound bizarre or does that make sense in any way at all, shape or form to you, Dilly? No, it completely makes sense. Yeah. So I try not to work above for my job where I get paid 37 hours a week. I try not to work more than maybe 40, 45. You, you always got to give a few extra, haven't you? That's yeah, kind of yeah. Part of the yeah. course. Um, and, and actually I do then rack up flexi time. So I then either take that back to then do independent work is most yeah. of the time that, that what I do. But um, yeah, I try not to do too many extra hours I used to do a lot more I in previous jobs I've done like 50 55 60 hours a week just being paid 37 hours but yeah. that's pointless the the extra work I do I do is independent work and get paid for it and then it's on it's I most of my work is fixed price per assessment so I'm quite lucky that I'm quite quick when I'm doing my assessments um certainly typing up I'm fast at typing and I thought think whilst I'm writing so I don't have to spend a huge amount of time but yeah I I try not now to give too many hours away where I'm not getting paid for it and just how's that working so much better yeah I think it's much healthier because then you're you're getting something back from it and you're feeling motivated not that you don't get stuff back from your job anyway but I mean no one we're not doing this as a voluntary job, are we? This is our our life. This is our, we need to maintain our lifestyles, our families. Yeah. Um, we need money to live. So I don't apologize for working as an independent on top of my full-time job. I choose to do that and I, I enjoy it. Yeah. And, and look, and obviously on 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 that note, you know, 
nobody can criticize you for work and you're not working at anybody's expense. You know, you're working because it's your choice and that's your decision. But yeah, for me, that works. I mean, the only thing that I do worry about is when I have nothing to do, I'll fill it with work. So this last bank holiday Monday we've just gone was a good example of that. And I had a Monday, um, my wife and children had gone to see one of her friends. I had the whole day ahead of me and I sat down and thought, right, I'm going to bring forward some work that I'd had planned for a couple of weeks down the line. I may as well do it now. Luckily, my friends saved me from that because one of my best friends, Jason, gave me a call. He says, what are you doing? Do you fancy going out? So, uh, yeah, we went out, went to the shops together, went to like a local sort of arcade. Um, so, yeah, he sort of saved me from that. But I, I do have a bad habit of filling free time with work. And for all that talk that I gave you on a podcast two weeks ago, tell you about being more compassionate with yourself. I, I do struggle to do that with myself at times. Now I do that. I do that even, I do that evenings and I do it late on weekends. I never work evenings because I like to sort of work early in the morning and, and finish at five. And I never really do it. So I take time off my kids. When my kids are here, I don't work. I never, very rarely I work when there's an opportunity to spend time with my children but when my kids aren't here and it's just me, that's when I work because I feel oh, I can justify, you know, sacrificing myself. I can't really justify sacrificing other people. But I do, you do sort of worry that even if you don't feel stress, what is the long term damage of not allowing yourself to switch off, even if you are thinking that you're handling it well? I do worry about that because yeah. I get, I feel like twitchy if I'm not doing things. Yes. Um, I'm just there like, oh, I should be doing something. I I just, I find it very hard to switch yes. off and do nothing. Um, and then if I do force myself to switch off and do nothing, I'll waste my time by things like scrolling through TikTok or social media or then just binge watching really inappropriate, ah. uh, <laughs> inappropriately into the early hours of the morning. Um, yeah, I can't really find a happy medium at the moment. I need to need to work on that would you describe yourself as a workaholic oh yeah definitely <laughs> I like that just, uh, <laughs> just yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean yeah I I do I I think it is an addiction though I think putting that much time and effort and self into your work is a bit of an addiction I I get positive feelings from doing that I enjoy doing it and I I enjoy being an expert in my field um so if it means that I have to spend a bit more time reading up on case law and and latest policy and research and developments I'm quite happy to do that in my own time because then when I'm in my job I feel more confident doing it um and then people can come to me and they're always like, oh, wow, how do you take on so much extra information? How do you know all this stuff? And it's, well, I dedicate a lot of time to it. I'm And I'm proud that I do that. So, yeah, it is an addiction. How oh, would God. you describe yourself? Are you a, a workaholic as well? Um, <laughs> people would say I am. People would say I am. Yeah. That's, I'll leave it at that. People, people would say I am. That thing you've just said there about having that time off and using it to sort of research and develop, hold that in mind because we will get back to that in about 10, 15 minutes. Um, 
we ran a couple of articles on these subjects this week, Tilly. Um, one was one that I wrote myself uh, that was published on Monday, the 8th of May, entitled Five Reasons Why Social Workers Need to Take More Time Off Work. And we'll get to that soon. Um, there's another couple of articles we did. One I was partially responsible for because I uh, answered a supervision question that we had from a reader who got in touch and basically spoke about the impact of long COVID and fatigue and uh, the damage that was having to them and sought a bit of advice. And then we had a, a very good idea from one of our columnists, Maisie McDonald, who believes that every social worker should be given a mandatory five days sick leave a month. She compared this to her sister. Um, I think it was a sister. She compared it to a sister or cousin. It was a family member. A family member of hers who was a nurse, and she said that that family member, um, it is a sister, I've just read the article, and that was a sister. So she was comparing it to a sister, and she said that a sister's a nurse, she works three days on, four days off, and she believes that social workers should have a similar amount of time off, or perhaps should even have five days leave every single month they have to take, and... You would hate this, Tilly, but I'm going to say it to you anyway. Uh, our economist, uh, Maisie McDonald, believes that on those five days off, you should hand in your laptop so you cannot even work if you wanted to. What do you think about that, Tilly? Do you think social workers should have mandatory sick leave every month or perhaps work in shifts like nurses? Uh, what do you think? I don't like working shifts. Um, I've had to work shifts before, and I find that, way more tiring than having regular hours um, and I don't really class my independent work as like regular hours or on top of it because that is a bit more ad hoc um, I just pick up work when I can um, oh I couldn't hand in my laptop I mean if I did it well it wouldn't really matter because I just use my other laptop or I do a lot of work on my phone as well so all my research and things I just scroll through my phone so as I am glued to my phone and can't um, get rid of that I think I would be all right, but I, I couldn't, I would really struggle if I had to have five days where I wasn't allowed to do any work. I think I would waste them. I think I would just feel like I was in some sort of limbo. I think I'd probably just sleep. And mm. I mean, I would go out and then spend time with friends or family or see the horses. Um, but I feel like I would be waiting just to go back to work. I always make sure I try a couple of times a year if I'm going on holiday or having time where I do absolutely switch off mm. um no work whatsoever um but I do struggle then but then I struggle to get back into it as well I feel like if you're not doing work constantly you lose that sort of concentration in your brain I find it less stressful doing it all the time so that it then I can pick up work straight away and not have to think about getting into it, getting started. I really just point. carry on. Yeah. I remember before when I'd have like a week off or two weeks off and you'd come back to work and it would take you a few days just to get your brain <laughs> yeah. back into work yeah, mode. Yeah, Whereas yeah. I don't have any of that now. I never have it because I never am without work for that long. So um, I'm more productive, certainly more productive than I used to be. The point you've made there. I always think with work that it's as stressful or as easy as you believe it to be. Yes. And look, of course, of course, having 50 cases is going to be more difficult than 25 cases. And having 25 cases is going to be more difficult than having 10 cases and so on. 
But I faced exactly the same situations in the workplace many, many times. And if I'm in a positive frame of mind, things are going well for me and I've got a positive attitude, it's not a stress. I can face far objectively easier things in the workplace. But if I find myself in a bit of a flap about things, I think that that can be overwhelming. So it's about finding the happy balance and what works for you. Because what works for you and I, Tilly, may not work for our listeners. What works for some of our listeners may not work for you and I. So it is about finding an easy balance. However, I think it's a good idea to have that protected time for social workers and for social workers to have time off because... If everybody if everybody had that, okay, you'd get some people like you who wouldn't use it. It would be, you know, it, let's not enforce on people. Let's say that that can happen and you can take that time if you want to or not. And it may be you don't need that nine months of the year, but three months of the year you do need it. It may be sometimes people don't need that at all. Equally, it may be that some social workers do need to take that on a month-by-month basis. I think having that downtime there and having that offer that, you know, how bad things get. If you can get through this week, you've got a guaranteed five days off, you've got a full week off work in order to relax and recharge. I think it's a good idea. Now, do I think it's going to happen? Do I think it's workable? No, of course not. Social work is being pushed <laughs> harder and harder. We're not, we're, we're not being given any courage. We're just getting more of the stick. But I do think it's a good idea. What about a four-day week then, Tilly? So, you know, if if you don't like the idea of shifts, you don't like the idea of mandatory sick leave, do you think everybody in social work should be entitled to a four-day week? So stick to the same hours, but condense them so everybody can have three days off a week rather than two. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people in my work that do condensed hours. Mm. Um, But if you were sticking with the same hours four days a week, I mean, I just see that as an extra day. That's two extra assessments that I do a week. Um, that's how my brain works at the moment. It hasn't always been like this, but I think it's probably got worse. I think as my lifestyle has changed and I've got more expenses than I used to, you live to your means. And I've always got bills. Vets bills seem to be my biggest thing at the moment with my horses. Um, And I just think to myself, well, actually, that's two extra assessments. That's another vets bill paid then. so yeah, I would see that time. I mean, I'd be happy to have four. I'd be happy to work four days a week and get paid the same and do less hours for the same pay. But mm. I can't imagine that I would do it in any other time other than working. It's about giving people these options, isn't it? It's about if if you want this, you can have it. Now you know you might not like it. For me, four days a week worked really well. My last job, I worked four days a week and then I went down to three days a week and you know, I did 40 hours over the four days. And then when I went to three days, I did 30 hours. It worked really well for me, but does it work well for clients? Now, I'll hold my hands up. I'll be totally honest here. Whether through luck or uh, hard work, because, you know, when I was in, you know, I did everything I possibly could for the people I serve. I would never leave work hanging over. I'd never go off on, you know, one of my days off and like leave visits or things up left undone that someone would have to pick up the next day and if it was an emergency I would always come in so whether it was through luck or hard work this never happened to me Tilly but is there a risk if we allow social workers to work three or four days a week that their clients the people they support suffer because for one or two working days their allocated worker is not available yes it might work for staff but does that come at the expense of the people we support that's a really good point because um 
I mean, I'm not in a case holding role, so I it doesn't really matter when I work. Um, mm. And if I'm doing independent assessments, they're in care homes and hospitals. I can do them at weekends. I can do them at evenings. Staff are on shift 24 hours a day. It, it it's it's easy in my line of work to do hours that I can pick and choose. If you've got a caseload as a child protection social worker, for example, and you've got your conference meetings, your core group meetings to go to, you've got your mm. visits to do. Um, I think it would be a struggle. And other professions that we work with, I mean, they don't all work. I mean, some work shifts, certainly in those in the health services and the emergency services. But if you're looking at schools, for example, they work their nine till three that is the school day and then teachers work obviously many more hours than that I'm not saying that but that then they need to be able to get hold of you during those times and yes. if you're working less days or less hours or hours that are over more convenient times for you then it might be it might make that really difficult yeah I, th- I think it worked for me because I'd worked in that you know I was in that role for two years as an assistant team manager an assistant team manager my role was generally holding less cases but more complex cases but also being there to support the team so I think it probably worked for me because I I did have you know less cases and because I've been there a long time before I went down to three days a week all the professionals and families that I work with knew the situation and you know my manager and the other social workers knew that they could always ring me up fair enough I might not be able to physically come into the office but I would always answer something so I think it can work in some situations but I there is a risk sometimes in social work telling. I think we have to grasp the nettle here and accept this, that what might suit social workers' well-being might not suit the needs of the people we support, that there, there is a balancing act between, yes, prioritising self-care, wanting to look after social workers, but also accepting that we have a job to do. It's a hard job. It's a high-responsibility job but our clients need us to be available. And if we are taking those mandatory sick days and we're perhaps only in three days a week and, you know, the phone definitely turns off at 5 p.m. every day, 4.30 p.m. on a Friday, we potentially risk... I'm not going to say we put our clients at risk here because I think that's that's a sort of Damocles that I'd have hanging over our heads that I wouldn't want. But we do, I'll say that in a bit of a kinder way, we potentially risk not being as available for the people we support as we need. And I think if we had out-of-hours systems involved that were really amazing and up and running and fully staffed and operational, that would be one thing. But I don't know about you, but certainly in all the out-of-hours teams that I've come across, they're always so short-staffed. Maybe there's one person covering a huge geographical area um, you can't go out and actually do any visits during that time and it's just answering queries they've only got a computer and the phone and there's not really very much that they can proactively support with um, whether they're so, for emergencies or yeah. every single one of the emergency duty teams I have ever fed into in my 10 years as a social worker they will make it very I've had friends that have managed EDT teams They are very, very clear that they are there for emergencies. They will not do planned work. 
They are not there. Anything that can be parked and moved to the next morning or to Monday if it's a weekend will be parked and moved till they allocate social workers back, lest they make decisions on a case that they have no insight into whatsoever. They are there for emergencies to respond to emergencies, placements, mental health issues, you know, children being injured, police involvement. But when it gets to five o'clock, the support drops off, doesn't it, Tilly? Yeah, yeah, there's no support there at all. So, Tilly, hang on. <laughs> Therefore, would you like to revisit your position on whether social workers should work in shifts or not? <laughs> well, I think, again, I think we're moving to that, or certainly in adult services, they're moving to that. Because yeah. um, we're supposed to be operating a seven day a week service, and there's parts of adult services that are 24 seven, like the mental health teams. Um, yes. They need to and, be again. There's a necessity for them, isn't there? Yeah. And it's a real struggle because if you make social workers work shifts and week, then you are slimming down the number of social workers that you've got available to do the work because um, you're point. spreading them more thin. And, and that's been a real struggle where they have had to do that. And and I know certainly like in my local authority, they're paying people overtime to do cover those out of hours shifts rather than having them contracted in because yeah. otherwise there's not going to be enough staff to do the the day job robin peter to pay paul you are indeed um let's finish on this one my friend how flexible have our employers been in terms of managing our own diaries because uh, you know a way around all of this is just to say you know, manage your own diaries and you do this with your independent work and to a certain extent you or i do this with our work for social work news and on the podcast you know there are certain days when we can change the podcast around as long as we do the podcast as long as our writing is done we've got a degree of flexibility in terms of how we deliver things you get that independent social work you get that if you do you know you work in the media like we do in terms of podcast and writing should there be an extension across social work that, and I know sometimes people have this, I've been lucky enough to have this, you know, my last couple of managers have said to me expressly, you know, not when I've been in managerial roles, because managerial roles are a bit different, you have to be available. But when I've been in assistant managers roles and frontline social work roles, particularly since COVID, my managers have, you know, I've been lucky enough that a couple of managers that I've had in, in, you know, in the past three years have said to me, look, Vince, you know, if the work is done, you can manage your own diary. Um, and that means that, you know, if you do want to work two or three days a week and then work, you know, 12 out two or three days a week and you know, that works for you, you can condense things, it works. Equally, if you maybe want to work a four-hour day and then tomorrow you want to make it up for a 12-hour day. Is that a way around this, Tilly, to give social workers more trust and say, okay, you know what you've got to do. You're sensible. You know what your clients need. You know the job you've got to do. You know your deadlines. I'll let you manage your diary. If you want to take days off and it suits and, you know, if, as long as there's duty cover, as long as your clients know, if you want to have a half day off tomorrow because you're not feeling too well, that's fine. As long as your work's done, I'm happy. Is that any thoughts you've ever had in social work, Tilly? If not, would you like it? And if you have, do you think it should be rolled out universally? Yeah, I mean, I have that pretty much now within reason. Um, as long as, because I'm in a team management position, as long as there's another manager to cover, um, we have worked very flexibly and my whole team does right from admin um, through to all my advisors and best interest assessors and social workers. They, they, they manage their own diaries. They, as long as duty's covered and there's, there's a core team staff in, they do the hours that they choose. Um, and I think that's a really important 
positive that that we need to replicate in social work as much as we can. I've been in in frontline teams where I've been able to do that. And I, I think it just adds to why you would want to work for that employer. I don't understand why you need to be micromanaged. We're all adults. We're all able to, to, to pick and choose the hours that we do as long as we get our work done. And um, I think unless there's a problem, I always say unless someone gives me a reason not to trust them or not that they're doing their, their work properly, I don't have a problem with it. I think yes. we're not we're not children. We're not in a school. We're not um, forced to sit there and do a certain amount of hours. And in this way, we work how we function. We, we, we know what works for us best. And that's the way it should be, shouldn't it? You know, you, you sh- we're all adults here. We should be given the trust to do this. But I think you've got to earn that trust first. You know, I I would feel uneasy given that level of trust to a social worker who'd just come into my team and a social worker who I've just employed. I think, you you know, you've got to get to a level where you've earned that trust and you've shown you can do your job before you're able to do that. And equally, I think that you need to... You know, you need to have experience before you're given that freedom. Because if you're given the freedom to manage your own diary and plan your own work, then, you know, you can't really be doing that straight out of university or, or in a new role, can you? Because you need to show you can do the job first. Yeah, well, I, I suppose I've been out of um, frontline work for a while, but like that's how it works in my team. Even with brand new admin staff, we, they get to do that um, straight off. And I have the philosophy, as I say, is I trust you unless proven otherwise I trust first and then ask questions afterwards um and that's worked well for me but um yeah I, I suppose with caseload management it's it's a different matter you've got to learn that over the time so I'm going to end on the question that we started this podcast with that we have done everything to avoid my friend <laughs> should social workers do fewer hours <laughs> they should <laughs> but they won't or I won't um you need to have a balance in your life don't you she says as as she doesn't do this herself but (laughs) the advice I would give to other people um that I don't have to practice what I preach is is we should have a balance and we should make sure that our own lives are in order first and foremost we give priorities to our families our friends and work is just a job just to to pay the bills um so yeah we should work fewer hours but obviously I'm not taking that advice to heart I I think I'll tell you what I would say to this I would say yes we should work fewer hours if we want to there should be a flexibility that if you need that time off you should be able to get it if you can condense your hours and still do the job correctly you should be able to And we should have the opportunity for a better life, work-life balance. But this is the one thing I'll end on. People might say I'm a bit cynical and cruel for saying this, but I'll take a risk and say it anyway. If people do want to work fewer hours and they want a less stressful job, then there are many other jobs in this world aside from social work. And that's not to say that, you know, it wouldn't be great if social work was easier for all of us. Of course, of course it would be. But nothing worth doing ever comes easy and social work is worth doing and the people we support have very demanding needs they are very vulnerable and they're in very difficult positions in life and it is never going to be easy to support people in times of desperation we do work in bureaucratic systems that are very hard to navigate there is a lot of paperwork 
We do have lots of rules and regulations that govern our practice. We don't have enough money. We do deal with the worst fringes of society. We will face the impact of vicarious trauma. It will impact on us. It will change us. It will take us away from our friends and family. It is very difficult to find any jobs in social work which do not impact us in those ways. However, there are many, many, many other jobs on this planet which might not pay as much as social work or more likely would pay a lot more. And they might not be as fulfilling as social work and they might not you know, be in line with what we've perhaps spent three or five years at university trained to do and what we've dedicated perhaps decades of our life towards developing further in. But if social work is coming at the cost of your well-being and your happiness and it is getting to the point where you can't handle it anymore and you do want to work fewer hours, there are always opportunities to find other jobs other than social work. Controversial, but very, very true. I, I agree. On that bombshell, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Uh, we've gone around the houses there, but perhaps we did eventually get to the point of answering should social workers do fewer hours we will be back next week with a special ask me anything edition of the show so do get your questions in for that one we will see you next week until then it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from me